questions uh, um, about uh, Peter's prison experience and, uh, and, uh, and, and what happened at the prison and how an angel miraculously was able to uh, be able to break Peter out of prison. And, and uh, we kind of went into the idea of the angel was kind of telling Peter what to do because Peter was sound asleep. And so um, the angel needed to tell Peter, you know, hey, you know, put your sandals on, put your clothes on. Because remember, as I talked, told you before, Peter had a habit of not thinking and uh, he jumped out of the boat naked and swam to Jesus, um, you know, at one point in time. So if he would have, if the angel hadn't told him to put his clothes on, he may have done the exact same thing going out of prison. You just don't know, do you? But uh, so he so he needed to so he needed to put his robe on, and so he, the angel told him that, and and then he goes to the house of John Mark, and John and 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 uh, starts knocking on the door. Rhoda, the servant girl, hears the knock. And remember, they're in the time of persecution right now. James just got killed, so Rhoda goes to the door, and and Peter's knocking on the door, and he's probably saying, hey, it's me, Peter, let me in. And Rhoda goes, hey, it's Peter, great. And she doesn't open the door, leaves him out there. And, you know, and they're praying. And then the bad part of the thing's situation was is the people thought she was mad. The people thought she, it was a spirit. The, you know, the people didn't believe what they were really praying. It was, that's, you know, in... And, you know, we, we think about that as Christians, and do we really believe what we pray? Do we really believe God is going to, um, we serve the God of the impossible. But yet, sometimes we don't believe God can do what he can do. And maybe it's just for a season. Um, you know, my daughter and my, and my grandson, and uh, they're going to, Moving, all right. Um, and it was for a season. We had for four months. It's great, but God allows things to happen, and God is the God of the impossible. God is the, God is the God that will help us in in our time of need, if if needed. He also is the God of that that uh, will do things that you don't ever believe is going to happen. And these people, they were praying, save Peter, save Peter. <laughs> Peter's out there knocking on the door. Finally, the knocking is so much. I think Peter was taking his fists and pounding on the door to get somebody to let him in. And they let him in. He said, hey, look, this town's not big enough for all of us. So I'm leaving. I'm gone. I'm out of here. And we'll kind of talk about maybe where he went um, in, this, in this next lesson here that well, I'm, I'm talking about. But uh, he said, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Tell James I'm gone. And 
he started a new chapter in his life. But before we get to that new chapter, what about some of the old chapter? What about some of the things that Peter did before that prison experience? We never went in over that. We skirted it briefly. Now we're going to start taking a deep dive into what happened with Peter. And we're going to see some spiritual maturity that we never saw in Peter before. We're going to see some boldness in the correct way. We're going to see some leadership in trusting Jesus first and not trusting Peter first. Very important. So if you look at Acts chapter 1, verses 23 and 20 through 26, somebody go ahead and read that for me if you would. Who'll, who'll read that? Acts chapter 1, 23 through 26. Go ahead. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, Show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. And so Matthias now takes Judas's place as one of the twelve apostles. And Peter was the one that presided, or he was the one that made, you know, got everybody together, worked with everybody, and said, hey, look, we need to have another apostle. We have 11. Christ chose 12. You know, there's something wrong here. We shouldn't have 11. We should have 12. And so we need to get 12. And that was Peter's doing. And so Peter, and so, and so he presides over this, this time, and he says, hey, look, you know, um, we got to get 12. And they casted lots, as they normally do. That's not gambling. But they casted lots, and the lot fell on the Matthias, and Matthias was the one that became the 12th apostle instead of Judas. So Matthias took Judas's place. That was Peter. Peter, in Acts chapter 1, 14 to 39, we're not going to read that, but he raised his voice and preached. And then in Acts chapter 2, he preaches at Pentecost. And the church begins the mission. Peter was the one that got the church together. He made sure the church got together, and that's very important. If you look at it, now we're, going to take a, now we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into this one. But in Acts chapter 3, 6 through 8, he'll read that for me. Acts 6, go ahead. Yes, sir. Stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking. 
I love it the way the Bible is so descriptive sometimes. His ankle bones receive strength. That's kind of, that's, that's pretty cool. We see the evidence right now, the power and courage to trust God that he'll heal a crippled man. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about this crippled man. This is an old crippled man. This is a person who was outstretched. His eyes were downcast. He All he's looking for is some money. And he's, he, maybe he's saying alms, alms. You know, he's, he's, he, you know, he has a little bucket beside him, needing, needing, wanting money to be able to survive. That's, that's this man. Peter and John walk by in the temple. Peter stops and looks at him. He doesn't say, oh, man, look at that guy. Why is he here? He's, he's, he's in my way. Why do, you know, the old Peter may have felt that way. Who knows? But this was a new Peter. This was a convicted Peter. This was a Peter after the crucifixion. This was a Peter after the resurrection. This was a Peter after Christ said, feed my sheep. And, he, and it says, Peter looked down. And the man peered up at him. He was hoping for money, but Peter's going to give him something much better. He's going to give him a healing. He's going to give him something that he's going to give him, I believe, salvation. Not just healed, but salvation. He's, he, that's what he's going to give him. The man, for the first time, felt the strength in his legs. He had never felt that. This was a man that was lamed from birth. He never felt what we feel, how I can walk, how I can feel I have strength in my legs to keep me up. If I hadn't have strength in my legs, I'd never, I'd never be able to move. I have to put one foot in front of the other, one leg in front of the other. But I couldn't do that if I didn't have strength in my legs. This man never, ever felt that ever, ever. And then all of a sudden, the Bible tells us, oh, wow, what's, what, you know, the Bible gives us such a great description he felt the strength going through his legs, the sinews. And then all of a sudden, he didn't get up and walk. Right. He leaped. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was like, wow, this is so cool. This is so neat. I'm teaching my grandson how to swim in our pool. And uh, it's amazing what he, can, he, he learns day by day. And uh, we just, I just, just taught him, uh, we took his life jacket off and we, he's in the pool and he's swimming and he's, he's having a great time and everything. And I, we just, I just taught him how to dive and dive down to the drain and pick up rocks. He's only six years old and he's doing it. And, you know, grandpa and him last night about nine o'clock was down there at the drain picking up rocks, having fun. But, you know, wow. I mean, the things you can, this, this was a man that never walked before. 
he had never ran before. He'd never leaped before. And it says he was leaping, he was running, he was enjoying himself. And, well, wait a second. If he never leaped before and he never ran before and you get this through your veins, do you think you can walk just, just regular walk? You know, people that know how to walk don't know how to walk, right? People that knew how to walk and get, have a surgery, and do they know how to walk? No, they have to get that strength through their legs again. They have to figure out how to put one step in front of the other again. Sometimes they can't run. This man could walk, this man could run, this man could leap. Wow, that was a miracle. That was wonderful. And the old Peter, he took his eyes off Jesus. Remember that? He took his eyes off Jesus. And what happened when he took his eyes off Jesus? He sunk. See, this old Peter learned when he walked on the water, God was the God of the impossible. He learned that Christ could do anything he wanted to do. And when this man that was lame from birth, that was wanting, wanting some money, and Peter said, hey, I'm going to give you something much better than that. I'm going to let you walk. I'm going to let you run. I'm going to let you leap. Wow. Peter gave this man the gift of power that comes from looking to Jesus and trusting God that all things are possible. That's a fun story. Go into, go into a lot more of that story, but you know, time is not going to permit that. So let's go on to another one. It was Peter that served as an advocate for the apostles in a Jewish religious court in Jerusalem. And he started to show boldness he never showed before. Let me explain something. Do you remember Peter? He was bold, right? He was real bold, right? But he was so bold that he would correct Jesus. Remember that? What did Christ say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Satan, you're sifting Peter. You're sifting Peter. I know you're trying to do it. I know you're going to sift Peter, but you're sifting Peter, and I don't want you to do it. And Peter, you've got to figure out that Satan's going to sift you. Peter, you've got to figure out that Satan's going to try to get you. And you know what? As we as a congregation have to figure out Satan's trying to get us too. Yeah. It's a possibility that Satan's trying to get some of us through the circumstances that we have to go through. And if we don't trust God, he'll get us. He'll make us stop. He'll make us quit. We can't do that. We can't do that. We've got to trust God. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we've got to trust God. But that was that Peter. He was bold. He's bold in the wrong way, right? How about that Peter that was in the Mount Transfiguration? We didn't ever talk about that. We'll bring it up just a little bit. But the Mount of Transfiguration. Christ has Peter, James, and John. Go with them up to a mountain. And what happens? Elijah and Moses come down. 
And Peter goes, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> let's build three tabernacles. And a big voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. Peter was bold. He was bold. He thought he was doing the right thing. He wasn't thinking. How could Moses and Elijah be as important as Jesus Christ? You know? Maybe in Peter's eyes they were. Remember, Peter's a Jew. Remember, Peter, you know, I mean, he was the one that learned the teaching of Moses when he was just a young kid. Everybody did. Moses to them was like a god. And for them to be able to see Moses in the flesh, you know, build a tabernacle for Moses, you know, sounds reasonable, doesn't it? But it wasn't. And Peter will learn this, and Peter will learn, you know, more spirituality, and we see him grow, and we're going to talk more about that. You remember the crucifixion? Where was Peter? Warming his hands by the fire. Wasn't he? Was he by the cross? No, he wasn't. In fact, after he, after he did what he did, denied, he went out and wept bitterly. He didn't kill himself like Judas, but he did whip bitterly. Okay, so now, Acts chapter 4. Remember Peter's bold in his own purposes, his own strength, his, his rash, he, it led him to rash words and actions. And because of these failures, he learned how to trust God. He learned when to be bold and when not to be bold. And when these people, these Sadducees, these people that said, you don't preach God anymore. You don't teach anymore. You don't say anything about Jesus anymore. He said, nope. I'm going to do it. And I don't care if you put me in prison. I don't care if you try to kill me. I'm going to do it anyway because that's what... The Great Commission's all about. Yeah. That's what he said. He was bold. But he was bold in the right way. He was bold in the right way. And the Holy Spirit gave him boldness. His boldness now will be used to the Lord in incredible ways. Remember, that was a time where they threw, they threw him and John in prison. Or it was James. I think it was John, though. They, they, they threw him in prison, and then what happened? The angel opened up the prison door, and you know, and 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 uh, that was that was that was first that was Peter's first first uh, um, escape. That's the reason why they had so many guards and centurions and everything. I mean, they had they they had uh, sixteen to sixteen to thirty two people guarding him in the next prison. Because they knew he was a escape artist. 
<clears throat> it was Peter that took on the judge, the role of a judge, with Ananias and Sapphira. When Ananias and Sapphira said, hey, we sold the land, and we gave all the money to the church, and they didn't say they kept part of it back. It was Peter that had to take that role of a judge in the church. And both of them died. But it was Peter that did that. It was Peter and John that are sent to Samaria to teach them about the Word of God in Acts chapter 8. Samaria. Jesus only went to Samaria once that I remember. Samaria? Those are half Jews. Why would you go to a place that has half Jews? But they did. And they saw some great results. Peter used discernment when he called down Simon the sorcerer for his bitterness and his sin in Acts chapter 8. Hebrews 4.12 talks about God's ability to discern our intentions and motives. Let's take a look at Hebrews 4.12. Who wants to read that for me? Hebrews 4.12. Go ahead. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Peter uses this discernment when he talks to Simon the sorcerer. You know, our hearts will deceive us, but as we go spiritually, we'll learn what God really wants for us. We'll be able to discern. We'll be able to say, look at the Internet, and be able to see you know, what's good and what's bad there. For instance, uh, the idea of uh, when, I'm, when I'm doing my studying, sometimes I, you know, there's, there's this, you know, we, we live with Mormons, right, here, here in, this, in this area. And I'll see somebody who was a Mormon that, uh, would, you know, put out some stuff. And I'll say, okay, I like that. I don't like that. I like that. I don't like that. I may use that because that looks really good. But I'm not going to use that because that doesn't look good. Or we have Roman Catholics that, that you know, and, and they're talking about St. Peter. And they're talking about the different, you know, places in Rome and all that stuff. And I'm going, okay, I like that. No, I don't like that. I like that. I don't. That's called discernment. And trying to figure out what you're going to teach and what you're not going to teach. And God, I believe, you know, in my study and it, when pastor studies, I believe he gives discernment and helps you understand, you know, what, what's good and what's bad. And there's, you know, not everything on the Internet's correct. You have to use discernment to be able to understand. And I think Peter, through his past experiences, learned some of that. And then uh, last off, we're, we're, uh, let's see what... Oh no, we it's uh it's five tell. I'm okay. I was I was I was thinking I was I was going to uh, but we're good. I'm good. Thank you. Um, Peter travels to different places to encourage others than the believers in in Christ Jesus. 
He visits a person by the name of Lydia. Let's go ahead and take a look at that uh, passage of Scripture. Um, Acts chapter 9, verse 32. Who can read that for me? Go ahead, Adam. And it came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. So he visited Lydda. And then let's look at uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 40. Who can read that for me? Go ahead. Um, yeah, I had two people volunteer. Uh, Stefan, you go ahead and... <laughs> This is kind of, a, kind of a neat story. And this also shows Peter's spiritual maturity. And it's, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and turn there. Uh, Acts chapter 9. And uh, let me go into that a little more. This is something that I don't know if there was an apostle or a disciple yet that uh, actually was responsible for um, bringing somebody back to life. This may have been the, one of the first, one of the first uh, um, apostles. And if we go to Acts, chapter 9. And it says... Uh, and it says, Peter arose and went with them. This will actually start with 38. For as much Lydda was nigh to Joppa, the disciples, so he went to a place called Joppa besides Lydda. Um, the disciples heard that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Otherwise, he's saying, hey, hey, hey you got to come, come see us really quick. we got something you, we really need you to help us with. And it says, Peter arose. And went with them. And when he was come, he was brought into an upper chamber where all the widows stood by weeping, showing clothes and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. While she was with them. That's past tense. That means that she's no longer with them. That means she's in a different spirit. To me, that means she's dead. And they're weeping because she's dead. And then Peter put them all forth, kneeled down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, otherwise Dorcas, arise. She opened up her eyes and she saw Peter and she sat up. He gave her her hand, lifted her up, and we had called the saints and window, widows, presented her, what's that last word? Alive. Now, pastor, is there any spot in the Bible where it says another disciple raised somebody from the dead before this time? Uh, 
Right. Yeah, and and we don't. Right, right, but we we just don't have accounting for it at this point in time. Right. We have accounting for this one, and it was it, it was Mr. Peter, and do you think that the Peter of before the crucifixion, the Peter before the ascension would have had the courage to put everybody out of the room and say, hey, uh, you know, I served the God of the impossible. You know, she's just sleeping. I've seen Jesus do this. So, why can't I? Now, I tell you what, I got a lot of faith, but uh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people I can raise people from the dead. But Peter had that faith. The Bible says you have a faith, a grain of mustard seed. You can do a lot of things. Now, I think that time came and passed, as we know it says in 1 Corinthians. But you know what? That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. And God used this person by the name of Peter to be able to, to, be able to do that and bring a little girl back to life. And one of the last things I want to uh, talk about today, and then we'll talk about some other things in the next, in the next lesson. I've got about 10 minutes. <clears throat> and that's a really, really great uh, story again. And let's go ahead and look at uh, Acts chapter 10, verses 37 through 38. Acts chapter 10, verses 37 through 38. Now, I kind of mentioned this in passing in different passages of Scripture, in, in different uh, uh, times when we're talking about Peter, but this, this is really good. And so we really want to uh, go into this. Let's see, is that Acts chapter 10? I don't. There it is, Cornelius. Okay, and that's Acts. I said 37 through 48, and I actually. It's actually, let's just start with 20. Let's actually, I want, I want to start with Acts, Acts chapter 10, verse number 11. Actually, 10, let's go 10, let's go 10, 9. Okay, on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now, this is kind of cool. Think about it. He has a prayer life. And the Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about pre Peter praying in the ninth hour. It says, talks about Peter praying at the sixth hour. He has a prayer life. So he goes up on the housetop to pray around the sixth hour. He forgot to eat. 
The Bible says he comes hungry. And it says he fell, in, he fell into a trance. Otherwise, he saw a vision. I don't know if he was so hungry, you know, he saw a vision. I don't think so. But, you know, you know how they say, you know, uh, you know, the late night pizza and you see a vision, you know. <laughs> but uh, Peter saw a vision. Now, here's the interesting thing here. Verse number 11, he saw the heaven open. Certain vessel descended unto him. There is a great sheet knit, four corners let down to the earth, and where all four-footed beasts on the earth, wild, wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. Voice came to him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. A voice came out. What's Peter say? Peter says, Not so, Lord. Wait a second. Didn't he, didn't he uh, try to correct Jesus one other time? And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He goes, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything this common or clean. <laughs> not so, Lord. I'm a good Jew. <laughs> I, I, know, I know I goof up in a lot of areas, but this is one thing I don't ever do. I've never done this. This is something that's beyond my capability. I can't do this. I'm not going to do it. And the voice spoke unto him again the second time. What God cleansed, thou shalt not call common. <laughs> Look at 16. Look at verse 16. <laughs> this was done thrice. <laughs> How many times did was Peter asked to feed the sheep? How many times did Peter deny the Lord? How many times is he told to, hey, I need you to go to the Gentiles? Kind of a hard-headed guy, isn't he? Kind of reminds us of us, doesn't it? How many times does God tell us to do something and we say, nope? God knocks on our door again. Nope. God knocks on our door again. Nope. Have you ever had God knock on your door five times? I'll bet I have. And I'll bet all five times I said no. Maybe the sixth time I said yes. At least Peter figured it out after three times. Give him some credit. Peter doubted himself. He doubts himself all the time, don't he? <laughs> when the angel came to pick him out of prison, what happened? It says when he came to himself. This really didn't happen. I was dreaming. I know I'm out on this dusty street. I know there's a gate behind me swinging wide open. I was, I was just dreaming, though. Then he came to himself. He goes, oh, no. This is really true. Now what do I do? I better go find somebody that likes me. Because there are not too many people that do. 
So Peter, again, doubts. He's not doubting Thomas, but he does doubt. And he's trying to figure out, what does this mean? What does this mean? Well, there's a guy by the name of Cornelius who'd been praying to God. He's praying to God. He's saying, hey, God, how come the Jews get salvation and I don't? How come? How come the Jews have preachers and we don't? How come? I'm a devout man. I I really want to live for you. So there's some men sent to go find Peter. Peter is at Simon the Tanner. Oh man, they can find that house a million miles away. They can just smell the smell the hides. All the hides are lay, laying out there on the on the on the street or on on the on the on the on his uh, on his on his housetop or rooftop or something. They can definitely figure out who the Tanner is. So he goes, and he goes with the men, and he goes to a person by the name of Cornelius, and it says, Cornelius, he's a just man, he's one that fears God, a good report among the nation of the Jews, let's look, let's go to verse 25. Actually, let's go to, uh, yeah, verse 25. I'm going to talk about this a little later about Peter's humbleness, but I'll just really go through it really quick. Cornelius comes, he comes to him, falls down. Cornelius worships him. You remember Peter? If he walked around, his shadow could actually heal people. He had a reputation. Do you think that the different things that Peter did were talked about among all the people? And then God takes a man by the name of Peter and sends him to Cornelius. Cornelius goes, wow, I got Peter? I got this guy? Must be a God. I'm going to fall down and worship him. Peter goes, nope, don't worship anybody but Jesus. It's an important lesson there. Just a small lesson, but a very important lesson. He went in, he found many came together. So otherwise, he, there was a bunch of people gathered at Cornelius' house. Remember, he's a centurion, has a big house. He's a wealthy man. And he says, hey, look, it's an unlawful thing that a man is a Jew to keep, keep company or come together to another nation. But God showed me I shouldn't call any man common or unclean. He figured out the vision. He figured out what the vision was talking yeah. about. Yeah. It wasn't talking about eating. It was talking about him not calling anybody unclean or common. He figured that out. And boy, oh boy, aren't we fortunate. Aren't we fortunate he did. 
Aren't we fortunate God said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, that if Dave Harms would believe in Him, Dave Harms could have everlasting life. Put your name right there too. One of the greatest scriptures ever for winning, winning somebody to the Christ. If it's explained. But you know what? That's what God did. God said, it's, it's not just for the Jews. It's for everybody. It's for the non-Jews. It's for the Gentiles. And that's us, right? That's us. And that's so important that it's, it's for everyone. I mean, it's, it's for, as, you, as you've listened to, a, you know, the song, you know, uh, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red, white, yellow, and it goes on, right? It gives different colors, right? He loves all the children of the world. And one day we were children. Now we're adults. I just, I just keep thinking that he's basically breaking the dietary law in the Christian realm. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. Men can take, he can make himself clean on the outside, but it's the heart what matters. If the heart's dirty, so is the body. <clears throat> Peter learned that repentance cleans our hearts and declared this to the religious leaders and to the Gentiles and to himself. This was a major spiritual maturity step yes. in Peter. Peter, before the crucifixion? Probably not. Peter, after the crucifixion? Yep. Everyone grows spiritually. Maybe, maybe quick, maybe, maybe not as quick, but everybody does grow. And then Peter did that. This vision went against everything it was taught since his youth. So he argued with God <laughs> again. God had to tell him three times. But he did change his mind, just like he did when he denied Jesus Christ. He wept, at, he wept bitterly. And then when Christ confronted him about it, he owned up to it. So there's a lot of good things about Peter.
we're going to talk a little bit about Peter and defending himself against the Jewish believers uh, um, in the next in the next lesson. Um, and then there's a then there's a few more few more things we want to talk about. Uh, uh, some of, some of the things that he did as far as going to the uttermost of the world instead of going instead of instead of staying where he was he really fulfilled acts chapter 1 verse 8 and then uh, peter and antioch there's some good interesting things in that peter was also a person that went to asia minor we'll kind of talk a little bit about that we'll talk about that in the next lesson thanks everybody for listening let's pray